Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. Scott Prather, Norman Locke, hanging out as he does every Thursday morning. He is uh, in parts unknown, but with us via an app. And uh, on the phone line with us is my friend Andrew Lopez, a, a graduate of a wonderful university, Loyal University of New Orleans. He has been covering the Pelicans on the beat for uh, several years now. He and Woj were the ones who broke the story yesterday about uh, Stan Van Gundy and it becoming an official agreement between um, his representation and the New Orleans Pelicans. So with all of that, uh, he's been very busy with that and yet still takes time to come on the airways. We appreciate it. Andrew, good morning, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, nice to nice to have all this kind of settled now after a couple of uh, of months of speculation. But uh, good to good to kind of have it, you know, all, all agreed to now. No doubt. And uh, Norman and I were talking last segment. I, I don't dislike the hire. I just, I, I was kind of, I'm kind of at a point where I guess I was in that, that segment of um, that group that was like, maybe, maybe go with somebody that hasn't been a head coach yet. uh, Because I just think behind door B kind of the unknown, but you know, behind door A, it's, it's not bad what you're getting, you know, Stan, it's not like I'm upset about the hiring of Stan Van Gundy. Uh, but Norman, you, you're a lot more excited about this than I am, right? I mean, I, I'm not sure where Andrew lies, but Norm, Norm's been sitting there just celebrating nonstop, haven't you, Norman? Yeah, because you know, I think it's going to fit perfectly in New Orleans. Like I was, we were saying in the last segment, his personality, I think, is going to simulate in with the New Orleans culture. Andrew, why? My question is, why do you think it took so long for the hire? Is it because they had multiple people that they wanted to keep interviewing, or? They just, it was just a process. Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. I think so. Go back to when Alvin Gentry was fired. We talked to David Griffin shortly after that, and he told us they were going to take their time with this process. And part of that had to do with the fact that there were people that they wanted to talk to who were still in the bubble. Um, and what, what, what they wanted to do, they didn't want to make this a a hire where they, um, you know, they just met on Zoom and, and picked out a coach. That's not how they operate. They want to break bread. They want to talk. Uh, I know of at least two uh, face-to-face encounters that they had, uh, one in Orlando, one in New Orleans. Um, they wanted to meet face-to-face. They wanted to give them a, a chance to kind of do some things. The initial round of interviews, I do believe, uh, took place on on, on Zoom and they're kind of vetting candidates and doing things like that. Uh, sources have told me they talked to nine guys for uh, the first round of interviews, if you will, and they broke it down to four finalists. Uh, one of those finalists was obviously Stan Van Gundy. Another was was Ty Lue. Uh, so Ty Lue wasn't going to uh, be able to take interviews until well after the the Clippers were eliminated from the bubble. Uh, Jason Kidd was another person who had interest in the job, and the Pels had interest in him. He's another guy that wasn't going to be able to to take face-to-face interviews until after the bubble. So that part you you, you wanted to wait for. Um, I don't think you know the front office minded maybe not having to pay two coaches for two months because you got to remember they're still paying Alvin Gentry a little bit. So you know not having to spend <laughs> a lot of money on a coach could probably help as well. And I don't think that they, they really thought they had competition for who they wanted in Stan Van Gundy. It wasn't like Stan Van Gundy was going to go take another job. 
he was in the same kind of space where David Griffin was, um, I guess, 18 months ago now, uh, when when he took this job the first time. Well, the first time when he took this job, I should say. Um, Griff had his chances to go to Orlando. He had his chances to go to other places, but he he waited. He wanted to be in the right situation, and I think that's the same thing for Stan Van Gundy. He wanted to wait, and he wanted to be uh, in the right situation, and he thought that this was the right situation for him. So when um, you have a coach like that, if that's really the guy at the top of your radar who started to kind of jump out, you know, maybe maybe at the end of the bubble, maybe you know, maybe a month or so ago. There's no reason to really rush it, um, especially when <laughs> you still don't know what the salary cap is for next year. You really still don't know when the season's starting because it's not starting in December. So you had time to let this process kind of go out, and I think that's what you kind of saw here. NBA reporter Andrew Lopez of ESPN.com and ESPN, our guest this morning, ESPN 1420. Andrew. The 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 uh, the question in terms of the roster, I think it it starts with one of two things: either Zion Williamson, because ultimately what he gets out of him will determine the fate, likely of that coach and and possibly of David Griffin and other. And then the other one is, well, Drew Holiday and JJ Redick. What are they going to do with these guys, these veteran guards who can become free agents summer after? Well, shoot, next summer. But like you said, it could be later, depending on when the season starts. But point <laughs> next, is, you know, next off season. Yeah, there, there you go. Thank you. I worded that way. Next off season. So, um, you know, if you were going to trade them, you know, you got a lot of future assets. Maybe do it now rather than wait till the deadline. Um, Redick has been not just since you know Van Gundy was hired, but. He has said off, you know, more than once that that the best coach he ever played for in the NBA was Stan Van Gundy, and he did it when he was young. Drew Holiday, such a defensive-minded guy, you know, uh, with Stan's history of just really focusing in on the defensive side of the ball. Do you feel like they're more likely or less likely to trade one or both of those guys now that Stan Van Gundy is the head coach? You know, if you would have, we would have had this conversation on Monday, I would have told you I thought both of those guys were going to get traded uh, somewhere, um, and not necessarily in a in a rebuild situation because I do think that both of those guys would have fetched uh, a nice haul. Let's say, oh, Brooklyn, uh, for instance, where maybe you could have got a Karis Levert, a Torian Prince. Maybe you work Jared Allen in there. Maybe you can maybe you get one of the younger guys and some picks, and you can do some different things. Um, but when you're hiring a 61-year-old Stan Van Gundy, that tells me you're you're going to attempt to win. Um, so now I, I would I would think it is less likely now if they feel that they can get value for those guys and then get two more pieces or three more pieces or whatever they think that would fit their timeline better. Um, you, you, again, you look at Brooklyn. I mean, obviously Drew and JJ can go compete for a championship this year, next year. Um, and then you get a guy like Karis LeVert who could then build at 26 years old with your core uh, that fits in a little bit more. So it, it, there's still possibilities there. I do think it is less likely right now, but uh, certainly not ruling out um, any sort of, um, you know, possibilities of a trade. I do think that uh, they still could be on the table. ESPN 1420.com. Um you know, Andrew Lopez, our guest, getting back to the Zion question here, most folks will point to what Stan did with Dwight Howard in Orlando in terms of, and Norm and I were talking about this earlier, that uh, it, it seemed it was like revolutionary is the word I think I read somewhere when he 
first was able to put sort of the size and strength together. All right, we're going to play Dwight at the five. We're going to surround him by these shooters. And then here you are, you know, in 2020, and the league is so much about the three-point shot and uh, and a lot of what Stan put into place. So now that's that's more of the way now. How 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 fair of a comparison do you think that is to assume that's what Stan will try to do? And do you see the pace perhaps slowing down a little bit now that he's the head coach? Uh, I think he still likes to get out and shoot the threes. He still likes to do that, but I, I don't think you're going to be playing at like breakneck speed anymore. You're not going to be shooting to finish first in the league in pace. Um, you're going to be shooting to finish first in the league in defensive efficiency, and then whatever else happens, happens. Um, even those teams in Detroit, you know, he finished top half of the league three of those four years. In fact, he's finished 11 seasons as a head coach. Um, he's been in the top half of the league uh, 10 of those 11 times. He's been top 10 eight of those times. Uh, they also prevent the three. They, they rebound better than what the Pelicans do traditionally. Um, so you'll still get your fast breaks. You just, I don't think you'll see, uh, you know, you know, I, I, I think we'll see much less, uh, you know, shots going up with 20, 19 seconds, 18 seconds left on the shot clock. I think you'll, you'll see a little bit more of a commitment on the defensive end. And, and that's kind of what you need. You need it. You need a teacher on this side, uh, to get this done. And I think that's what, uh, that's what they have in stand. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. We're visiting with Andrew Lopez, uh, ESPN reporter, who has been covering the Pelicans. Ultimately, um, I'll ask a question, and I can throw it to Norm next. You know, we were chatting earlier, Andrew, and I think from the outside, I've heard people that don't follow this team that find out I do, they're like, "Oh, well, I mean, you guys have had some some good luck, and you've just kind of thrown it away, right?" <laughs> They've had, uh, you know, Anthony Davis and the number one pick, and now Zion, and I'm like. Yeah, uh, good luck is not a phrase I would ever use to describe the New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans. Um, good hands, that's something that I wouldn't have said until recently, And you know, once Gale kind of cleaned house and brought in David Griffin. But ultimately, we can break down X's and O's all we want. For Stan Van Gundy to have more success than the previous coaches of this franchise, more than anything, he just kind of needs some good luck on the injury front that the former coaches just never had, right? Yeah, I mean, and this is a franchise with they've gone to the. I think they've won two franchise, two playoff series in their history, or mm-hmm. three. Yeah, two. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the, the the trip to yeah. So they just haven't had success, man. It, it just hasn't been there. And you know, you go back to Chris Paul. Chris Paul still gets booed, by the way, every time I, he comes. I don't, to I don't get it. I, I mean, don't understand. I don't, me neither. Me neither. He, he left because the you didn't have an owner. The no. NBA was about to own the team. You didn't know what the hell was going on. Like, uh, don't fault him for that one. Uh, so, I mean, you, you also got rid of David West and Tyson Chandler. So, uh, I mean, I, whatever, on that, whatever. Anthony Davis requesting a trade might have been the best thing to happen to the New Orleans Pelicans franchise. I've said that before, and I, I say that now. It's because that's what caused Gale to recognize and, and make changes and say, okay, we don't need to play for now. We need to play for future stuff. That's what got David Griffin in. Um, you got good luck with <laughs> with, his, with Zion, for sure. Uh, but now you need to continue that luck with having uh, healthy players, um, Zion included. And I think 
as as he goes, this franchise will go. Not just this team, not just for the records. This franchise will go as Zion goes. There's so much in him, and that's why they've protected him as as much as they they have. Um, maybe more so than they should have, uh, if you ask some people. But what you're what you're going to see there is is as, as healthy as he is. That's how healthy this. That's how, that's how this team will go. Um, Brandon Ingram is an All Star. He can only take you so far. Zion is that piece. And if Zion's going to be your five offensively, where you get a four man, uh, maybe who's not on the roster right now, or who can play the four offensively, play the five defensively, that's probably the ideal situation for a Zion. But you could also have lineups where you know Zion's the five, Brandon you have three more shooters out there. So there's a lot you can still do. And I, I think, you know, the hires that Stan Van Gundy makes as, as assistants are going to show a lot about where uh, the team is going to go offensively. Now, Andrew, why do you think Stan Van Gundy only wanted to go to the New Orleans Pelicans? You don't think that any other team – will try to have courted him or it was just, it was either the Pelicans or I'm going back to TNT. Uh, I really think it was, that's kind of what it seemed like. I think Griff <laughs> kind of reached out to him um, to, to kind of gauge his interest and, and, and see where his interest was in this. Um, he, he was going to have to look for the right situation for him. He wasn't going to go to a place uh, where a pot like he, like he wouldn't have been a contender in Oklahoma City or for or anything. I think other teams had other choices. Uh, he was going to look for the right fit for him, uh, and I think that's what you have to do uh, as a coach. We talk about this with players all the time, but the same thing works with executives and coaches. You have to find a place that fits what you want to do, um, and I think he's the right kind of guy for David Griffin. He's gonna. Uh, he's not going to just take everything Griff says. He's going to give a little pushback. He's going to fight. Um, you know, Stan Van Gundy, the coach, has had good success. He went to the finals. He's won 59 games three times. Um, Stan Van Gundy, the GM, was not good at all. And that's why those teams in Detroit, I think, suffered a little bit, even though they always still kind of hovered around 500 because, or just under because they were still kind of under mandates to, to try to make the playoffs from ownership. Um, but Stan, the, the coach, is, is a good coach. This is, uh, to me, a good hire. I don't know if it's uh, – I don't know if it's a home run. <laughs> I don't know if it's a great hire. It is a very good hire. Uh, I want to see where he goes with – uh, some of these assistant hires, and then you kind of go from there. But um, it was all about fit, and it's 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 about fit with coaches and executives as much as it is uh, about players. ESPN1420.com. Andrew Lopez has been our guest. As always, we appreciate the time, man. My final question to you, uh, Andrew Lopez. Go ahead, go, guys, go give him a follow on Twitter. It's at underscore Andrew underscore Lopez on Twitter. He's verified. You see him on ESPN. You see him talking NBA. You see him talking Pelicans. And you hear him on occasion right here on our radio station. Uh, in terms of this is something you don't have the answer to, and neither do I. So it's, but it's something we've talked about in terms of the NBA calendar moving a little bit. Uh, you know, it was I don't know four ye- four years and three days ago that the Pelicans opened up 
uh, a season two years ago with a dominant win and AD and everybody was looking great and they marched out to a four and zero start and who knew what uh, the, the page, next two no, the, the, the page game the, the, the Nico game that's the right Nico game against against Sacramento Nico yeah. went off that's well, it and Drew Holiday's like I'm gonna buy him some wine man and they were coming yep, off the playoffs buy him, a, buy him a bottle of wine oh. for every thirty point game and that was the last bottle of wine he bought yeah we, it was it was and it was coming off the heels of like the playoffs before and it was like oh man they need to win this year because AD might leave and. Little did we know what uh, the upcoming months had in store and the upcoming years had in store. It's crazy how much has happened just in that time. But my final question is, like, when when do you think? I mean, do, do, you, do you think Griff has an idea, or is everybody kind of just waiting to see when this next league year is actually going to begin? Because I think they don't mind the idea of a, of a finals later in the summer, but I think they would obviously try to avoid having it when they had to have it this year. Uh, I, what I think, I've I've long been a, a proponent of starting the league on Christmas. I think that's your day. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of like how, how football has Thanksgiving. You have Christmas. It, it's your day. I think that's a logical starting point. Um, maybe they end up getting back to that starting point, and then that would end up putting the the finals in early to mid August, and then. Your, the finals are done before football season starts. We saw this year, even with these NBA finals, with the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron James, uh, you were getting beat 2-1 to one by like Thursday night football games. Football is king. You want to avoid football as much as possible. You want to avoid the first half of your season uh, being in the NFL news cycle. So ultimately this year, I believe they're going to end up probably starting in January, possibly as late as February um, because they do want fans in stands. And obviously that's going to be difficult in some markets. So you're, you're going to wait that out, but it it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up with a, a January start or a Christmas start going forward, finishing in August and then kind of move from there. I think that's logical. And I think that puts you not against the NFL and kind of being able to move forward from there. Andrew, as always, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, you always make time for us on the show. I know you're busy after a new hire, but I also know you're glad to kind of sink your teeth into some uh, new stories. And obviously, we'll be trying to follow, you know, who how this how this staff is going to shape out. Because as you pointed out, that's going to start giving us a lot of clues into maybe some of the things we can expect on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and that's going to be a big thing. Who stays? Who goes? How does he work this staff? It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the upcoming weeks. Thanks so much, Andrew. Appreciate it, man. All the best, all right? All right, thank you. Got it. So that was uh, Andrew Lopez, and uh, I'm Scott Prather. Norman Locke on the line with me uh, this morning as well via uh, an app. And, Norm, what what stood out to you most uh, in in that call with Andrew about this Stan Van Gundy hire? That he agreed with me, Norman Locke. The, the <laughs> that I told you that it was a good hire, Scott. You know, and I, yeah, I he didn't throw out any other names. Like you said, uh, it was courting other people, but it was a mutual, you know, bonding experience between the New Orleans Pelicans and Stan Van Gundy. And I think it's going to work out, Scott. That's I, that's the stake. I, it might I, not be sizzling, but it's some hey, stake. Hey, I'm all for it. Again, I don't I don't dislike the hire. For the record. So I don't want you to, to make it sound like I said I did. I'm just nope. not uh, dancing around, you know, like like you are. I mean, you were, you were doing 
an old like you were doing the gritty when you found out the high. <laughs> you, know, you were doing the gritty, man. Because oh, I didn't want to see Ty Lue in my city, bro. I did not want to see Ty Lue on in New Orleans on porches. Don't didn't want to see it. Now Stan Van, Stan Stan's gonna just jump into it, man. Don't you? He's just gonna jump into the city. That's what he's gonna do. Man, I promise you, you could probably catch Stan Van Gundy in a dicky suit on bourbon with like a fifth of crown at some point. Mardi Gras, you know, if we ever get back to the normalcy of Mardi Gras, I can't wait to party with Stan Van Gundy. ESP1420.com. We can only dream. I look forward to hearing the morning lock-in. That happens. Don't go anywhere. That's Norman Lockraither talking to little Cajuns and Tigers next, and then in the 8 o'clock hour, we'll uh, we'll open up phone lines and uh, hit on the World Series a little bit and, of course, make some NFL Week 7 picks. Don't go anywhere. The great Scott, uh, Scott Show continues right after this.